How are you guys this morning? Everybody good? Hello, everybody in TV land. <laughs> Feels like TV, but we are, um, I do want to, we always need to remember our folks that are at home that we, we all just want to say we love you and um, we're always praying and know that the Lord is sustaining you all by his grace and um, we want you to just know that. So, um Byron is always trying to get me to preach, <laughs> but, you know, I've been doing a lot of worship in the last couple of years, so it's kind of hard to do it both, because it takes me a while to get a message together, but I, um, I'm always preparing, you know, really. Someone asked me this morning, how do you prepare? I said, well, I'm really always preparing. I think anybody that is spending time with the Lord is writing things down that God gives you, right? I hope you are. Um, because if you don't get to stand up in front of people to preach, you can preach to your neighbors, you can preach to somebody else. How about that? And I bet you all are doing that. I, w- I would think that probably goes on. But um, lately, I've, and I've talked about this a lot with, um, there's just been little bits and pieces of this. I feel like with our little videos, um, I don't think I'm going to be able to read my notes, so I'm going to take a contact lens out, so hold on a second. Because I really, yeah, there you go, I'm reading now. They're disposables, so um, I have to, I really don't want to pull these on and off, so um, I think the, the thing God has really been speaking to me about for a while since We've had this this year that we've been in a 220 is um, I, I feel like in a lot of ways it's really driven us back to our knees to the Lord um, and to our relationship with Him. Um, it is easy in the world that we live in to be really distracted. Um, it's really easy to let other things steal our passions for Him. Um, it is clear in Scripture this is, will be something that we're, we're up against really in our life, in our journey of faith, is letting other things take us away. And I believe uh, really God has given us a call back to his bride to really be those five brides that really have oil. And that, that oil is really being filled with his spirit, but it's also really, I believe, being in relationship and being in covenant with him. And being that oil of intimacy of, of really being with him. And, um, and I have just felt this thing like it is really time for the bride to set her eyes on him. It's just to set our eyes on him. And just what Jacob was singing out is really what is in my heart. It's, it's the way we're going to get through anything that we're going through in life. We have no idea what the future looks like. But there's one thing that we know that will get our our, get us through is setting our eyes on the prize, and it's the Lord himself. And we can hide in that pavilion just like David said. I'm going to hide in that pavilion. And I really believe that is just hunkering and down and just being with him and letting his presence fill us on a daily basis and pursuing him on a daily basis. And, um, you know, we really, at the end of the age, we're seeing that there's this thing called cold love that would be happening. And I believe for the body of Christ that that begins with our love growing cold with him 
because it takes really being in that relationship and loving him and that letting his spirit flow through us where we won't let our hearts grow cold even with one another. And um, so I, I really feel like God really began to speak to me. I, I, you know, in the church at Ephesus, at Ephesus where really there were so much wonderful things said to that church by Jesus. But the one thing is that they had left their first love. And today I just kind of want to go over some scriptures, some things I feel like the Lord I've been pondering on and things I feel like God's given me in my own devotional life. And honestly, they're things that he has sown into me for many years. Um, and I feel like he's bringing a lot of them back uh, in a fresh way right now. One of the things that really impacted me was um, I looked at this scripture um, about uh, Mary and Bethany. And, you know, as I studied that over this week, I realized there's some confusion on Mary of Bethany. There were actually two different Marys that poured out oil on Jesus' feet, which I think is pretty pretty cool. Uh, we don't really realize that. I didn't realize it. And But I particularly was reading the story about Mary. She's the sister of Martha and Lazarus. And I just was so struck by her devotion in this story. Just really struck by her life. And I realized that why did she have such devotion to this man. And I just really started thinking over it, but I want to read the verses on it. Um, the Lord actually spoke to me the word Bethany. Um, it was kind of a prophetic thing. And he spoke to me that, and I, there's a lot of really amazing things that happened at Bethany. But to me, this is probably one of the most notable things that happened in Bethany. Another really notable thing that is going to happen in Bethany is um, that Jesus will actually touch down when he comes back and returns in this place near the Mount of Olives. And I think that's pretty amazing. Um, he rode in on a donkey in Bethany at the, in there and where, you know, people are laying down their clothes and their palms and saying Hosanna. So there's a lot of really powerful things about this town of Bethany. It's kind of a small town. It's outside of Jerusalem but I believe this most notable thing is the alabaster box story of Mary. Uh, so here we go, Mark 14, and it's three, um, 3 through 9. If you want to put that up, I'm just going to start reading it. There we go. And I'm reading out of the, trans, the, uh, the Passion Translation. It says, Now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus healed of leprosy. That's another thing that happened. And as he was reclining at the table, a woman came into the house holding an alabaster flask. It was filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She walked right up to Jesus with a gesture of extreme devotion. And she broke the flask and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant when they saw this. And complained to one another, saying, what a total waste. It could have been sold for a great sum, and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. But Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Why are you critical of this woman? 
She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. For you will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. And when she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance of my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. And I promise you this wonderful, as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. Wow, is that not amazing? And I think the thing I was just really contemplating on is what does devotion to Jesus really look like? Um, what does this kind of passion look like? It's, well, I think we're really, well, I'm just saying, wow, do we really see that in our own lives all the time? Do we really see it in the world that we're living in a lot of times in the church world? Are we really seeing this kind of devotion? And I believe we are absolutely in a season where we're being drawn into this. And I think it will be more and more as the days go on. And I want to say, I'm going to, it's not, when we don't see this kind of passion in our own lives, I believe the Lord wants to draw us in. I'm not here to say, point my finger and say, oh, we're not like this. I'm here to say, hey, the Lord wants to draw us into this place. Um, And he I believe that it's so important because the gospel obviously is attached to this kind of devotion to Jesus. We are, I believe that's really what Jesus is saying. It's not just that it will be a memory of her, but the gospel is absolutely attached to this kind of devotion. And I, I want it. I don't know about you, but I want it. I want this kind of thing in my life. And I don't always have this, but I want it. And I want us to have this. And I want the world to have this. I want people that don't know him to have this. And I think about um, um, how many years ago, in the 1980s, when Mike Bickle started preaching on the bride of Jesus. And Byron and I had the privilege of being in a conference where the Lord had downloaded to Mike Bickle this whole thing about devotion and lavish devotion to Jesus. He went through the Song of Solomon and showed how this Shulamite, it was her journey toward devotion. And I will tell you, I have never since that day been in a, a, a sermon that was that anointed. It was so anointed when we were done sitting in that meeting that Byron and I could hardly speak. We went to lunch and could hardly talk. There was such a power that fell on that meeting I, that I don't, I don't think anybody could even move. But I believe Mike Bickle was preaching, preaching a very prophetic message for the end-time church. And it has, he's been preaching it ever since. He's never let go of it. But I believe now we're really going to start coming into these times that he was preaching about in the 80s. Um, and the thing I was pointed out to me in these scriptures, some of the words was like, she gave the highest quality of what she had. It was fragrant. Our life should be fragrant with this kind of devotion to Jesus. Um, it was expensive. This thing cost. They believe, it's like Byron said, it was probably a year's worth of, it, of a person's salary at that point. 
And it was extreme. These scriptures say it was extreme devotion. And she broke it and poured it out. I love that because our lives should be a life that is absolutely poured out to this man, Jesus. And it was precious to her. You know, and I'm thinking, I think so many times we're, we're just, we're not really giving it out the way we see these verses. And I know I don't give it out the way I see these verses. And, um, you know, this kind of, I will say this kind of devotion though, this kind of life with the Lord, this kind of thing will lead to a lot of criticism. It will lead to a lot of criticism. One of the, the, in fact, one of the stories, um, one of the stories, I'm not sure, I didn't get a chance to go back and look of one of, because this is in all four gospels. It was, it, sometimes it was, an, it was Mary, they think, of Magdalene, that she was the center. But one of those stories is when Judas actually, after that act of pouring out oil on Jesus' feet, is when he actually left. He actually went and started hatching the plan at that point. So if that, this kind of devotion actually will bring up some criticism. And I'm telling you, folks, I believe we're beginning to feel it. I believe the church is beginning to feel the pushback of that demonic spirit because I believe since the 1980s, we actually have begun walking in more and more devotion and we're being called even to even more depths of it even now. But now we're beginning to really see the pushback. The demonic realm is there. You you see it in the room that day. Uh, There was just... It says they were highly indignant, complained. And this is a word that I love. I actually love this, such waste. Such waste. Wow. I believe we should be accused of that, honestly. We should be accused of waste. Such waste of pouring our lives out for him. And I really, I tell you, the religious spirit gets stirred up with this kind of devotion too. Starts looking at the works thing. Because it's easier, I'll tell you, it's easier to do a lot for Jesus than it is to devote ourselves to him in this way. It really is a lot easier. I tell you the reason why it's a lot easier, because we get a lot more credit for that kind of stuff than we do from having a a time with the Lord. We give our time to him. We give our attention to him. It's a lot easier to go out and do a bunch of stuff and say, look what I've done than to really have this kind of life in the Lord. You see the same Mary. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him rather than running around like Martha. You see the same Mary. Her heart is to just be with him. She has something going on that I want. She's got something beyond just the practice of Christianity. And I believe we get so up against the practice of Christianity that we lose what it's really all about. It's just being loving God, loving Him, spending our time with Him, pouring out our hearts to Him. And one of, I love Jesus' reaction to her. He calls it lavish devotion. 
lavish devotion. And, you know, and I'd, I'd go back to this, that I do believe the gospel is attached to having this kind of relationship with the Lord. And have we missed it somehow? Have we missed it? Have we missed the point here that really from the beginning, when Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the day, what were they doing? They were just in relationship with their creator, the one who created us. That's really what it was about from the beginning. But the enemy was so deceptive and deceiving, he, he talked them into a different thing. And now we've been climbing out of this for a long, long time. I want to get back to just loving God, just loving him, just loving him. And I, I tell you, a lot of things we do for God, this is one thing. Her intuitive nature is what drove her to the act of pouring it out. I don't think she was going on, oh, I think I should be doing this. I think there's something written somewhere that I need to do this. I think, no. I think she had been with Jesus. I think she'd been with this man. And she fell in love with him. She fell in who he was, this man, Jesus. I love one, one uh, thing it says I read that was so good. It said, she had, how could you not love a man that went around healing the sick, casting out devils, destroying all the work of the, many, how, of, of the enemy? How could you not love this man? And I just, um, I think that's pretty, I think she had been with him just like the disciples had been with him and they gave their life for him. And um, I believe our purpose, I really believe our purpose here is, is to love God. And out of that is we love our neighbors. But there is really, we get it so backwards all the time. We get into this thing of where we feel like we got to do stuff for God. We get in the, we're going to do it this way. This is how it goes. We got to do it this way. We should. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. And it's all backwards. Really, we pour out our devotion to God because we can see clearly how good he is. Just like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. I mean, he raised her brother from the dead. He raised her brother from the dead. Would you not want to pour it out? I mean, look how good he is to us. Look how good. And she at that point had not even witnessed the cross, had not even seen what he poured out for us to his life, his lifeblood. And he has poured out for us. So um, I just, woo, I'm like, Lord, bring it on. We want to get back to this. We want to live this such waste. Such ways. We want to pour it out for you, Lord. Um, I, I want to just say this, too, about waste. Is, I will say this as believers. And I, I, I'm saying I'm preaching to me. I know I thought about our spiritual father, Arthur Burt. He would say this. I'm going to tell you this. I've not arrived, but I have taken off. Okay. <laughs> And I want to say that today. I have not arrived, but I feel like we've taken off, right? Um, but I want to, I believe this. We waste our life on a lot of things. 
We really do. I, I believe there's a lot of waste in our life. And we will waste our life on something. And I look around at a lot of stuff that people waste their lives on, and I'm thinking, really? Are you going to spend your whole life pouring into that and get to the end? It's like Jesus said, you're going to either going to you're going to lose your life to gain it. And I just think, man, he's worth wasting it on. Um, I thought this was a re really interesting verse. Um, when um, he was asked about giving to Caesar, okay? And he, he said this back to him when he says, hold up a coin. He says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, but give unto me was what is mine. And I think this is uh, really interesting. It was, I didn't get the scripture down, but in the Passion Translation, he was saying, give Caesar's images on this coin, this on this coin, but my image is on you. So you need to give unto me. Isn't that something? My image is on you. So give to me what I deserve. Isn't that something? That's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. And I think that's really all I'm after today, y'all, is for us to look at some scriptures and for us to really give Jesus what he deserves, give God what he deserves. Give it all. You know, we're going to waste it on other things. We, I'm going to say, y'all, I mean, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to be a mother today. <laughs> so much waste on this thing. Amen. There's so much waste being given to this. And it's so much mind space, so much soul space being given to it. And it, it concerns me. It really concerns me a lot. I mean, in fact, when my kids come over, I really want to start saying, to leave, your, leave your car, leave that in the car. Because right. we get so little time together because of our lives. And when we come together at a meal once a quarter, think about it. And we're sitting on iPhones. It, it, it really says where we are. That's what I'm saying. Distraction will be a major thing at the end of the age. And it already is. And I think we're in a grace period right now with COVID. I really do. And going through the fight for our nation, that God has given us a grace window to say, what is really important here? What is really important here? It's the Lord himself. And it's Jesus himself. It's being in relationship and giving him our time, giving him our attention, our focus on him. And really when man fell in the garden, that's what we fell away from was our focus on the Lord himself, on our good father who put us in a good environment to cultivate and bring, cultivate the animals and the plants and be with him and talk with him and just enjoy him in the cool of the day. But no, we got talked out of all the simplicity of having a relationship with our God. And now it's all about either religion or ourselves and mindless stuff that doesn't even matter. And when I'm saying, God, help us have mercy on us today. 
Have mercy to get us back where we belong in the garden with you, where we can just be with you and we can just drink you in. We can just drink you in and we can get our needs by just drinking you in. Nothing else will fulfill our need ever. Nobody. People want that, you know, I'm with single people that think they just want to get married, just want to get married, just want to get married, they want to have children. Yes, it's wonderful. It's a joy. But it does not fill you. It is not fulfilling in the way that only God can fill us. He created us for that. He created us to be a people that would be full of God himself. Okay. So I really believe that's really one of the ways we get there is by being with him. One of the ways we have this kind of life with the Lord is by being with him. Um, one of the, um, I thought this was really powerful, uh, in the Beatitudes when he got through all that dissertation and through there and one of the scriptures says this, that he, that people were overwhelmed by his teaching. Now I want to, I'm talking to you about the man Jesus right now because that's really the man Jesus. He it said he took their breath away. His words took. He was not like everybody else. I think we read about Jesus and we just think, oh, he's such a beautiful man. And he walked around and he healed people. And we kind of have this Western mindset that really keeps us from really dialing in to who, what. The, listen, three years on the earth of doing ministry. Three years left behind, 70 followers. What kind of impact do we think he really had? Look at us sitting in here today. We're loving Jesus just like they love Jesus. The impact was powerful. It was powerful, the impact this man had. We need to get back to being impacted by Jesus Christ today and who he is. It says this, let me, this is powerful, that they were dazed and overwhelmed by his teaching. Dazed, dazed, overwhelmed. And I, you know, I'm, I just want to, I want to experience him. I want to experience him. I don't want to just know about him. I don't want to just read scriptures of the New Testament and just go back and put them in like, you know, like the law of the Old Testament. That's not really what this is about. We're in a new and living way. He went to the cross so that we could have a relationship, a direct hotline to God. All the obstacles were moved out of the way. The blood of Jesus, it, it satisfied the distance. It satisfied him. We just walk in freely every day based on the blood. It's not based on what I've done or not done. 
Now, I could preach a whole nother sermon on this, but I'm telling you, read the New Testament. We have a righteousness that came because we believed in him. It is by the blood of Jesus. It's done. There's no distance. We go right into the Holy of Holies. There's no reason for us not to be walking in close contact with God, with Jesus. There's no reason for it. And he's calling us deeper. We have to go deeper. We have to go deeper. We need to spend time with him. We need to know him. It's the only way forward in this age that we're living in. It's the only way forward. It's the way we're going to have peace. We're going to get our information from him, not the world. We're going to get it from him. We're going to hide in the pavilion. We're going to be in close contact with him. We're going to be with him. We're going to hear his voice. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 3.19. This has been one of my favorite scriptures really since we had an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. says that you, this is uh, amplified, and I've always loved it in the amplified, and this is, it says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. They may have the full, the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Do you see what this is saying? Do, you un- do we really understand what this is saying? We need to experience him. And when you experience him, you're experiencing perfect love. Because God is love. It's not that he, he loves He is love. And we need to experience him in order to be fully flooded with God himself. Amen. Thank you, Lord. You know, only, and this is the thing about it that's so good, is the way we really do this is we love God because he loved us first. It's not like we just pull it out of our pocket. Oh, we love him. We're going to have this kind of devotion. No, it's not that at all. It's he loved us first. And that's why we can love him back. It's because he, when we experience his love, we can love him back. And I tell you, love is really important to the relationship that we're in with him, experiencing that love. So this is really one thing that kind of got me on this um, is I was reading about C.S. Lewis's life, and this is a point I want to make to you, that there is absolutely a hunger that God has placed in us for him and for him alone. He has put it in us. I believe he's put it in every man, woman, and child. I believe it's there. And it was interesting with C.S. Lewis, who did not believe in God, um, he started having these experiences where he, he, would, he would see like a beautiful mountain view or something, and it would cause this actually a, a weird feeling inside of him that made him 
um, hunger and thirst. It was like a, a longing that he couldn't even describe. And he, this happened to him several times. And it's actually what brought him to the Lord. Is he realized that that hunger and that, that longing, it's, it's a, that would be a better word, a longing actually was a longing for the Lord and for God himself. And, and I love this. And this is, and he really goes on and says, when you're feeling, I don't know about you, but sometimes I have this longing. It's an eerie longing almost. I can't even explain it. It's an eerie longing for something I cannot even describe. And I have become to realize that that longing is really not for something. It's for the Lord himself. It always happened to me because when I married Byron, he was, we had a year left to finish engineering school. Ministry was not on the scope, folks. Let me just tell you, I was marrying an engineer, okay? <laughs> and he had about a year to go. We were young, and I was raised, you know, in a family community. Um, had, I was the youngest of six siblings, um, and we were just tight-knit. And I was born and raised in Rockingham for my family that's watching. I love you because um, I love family. There's... Um, and when I married Byron, I said, okay, we'll go, we'll move to Charlotte, let him finish that year of engineering school, and we're moving back to Rockingham. <laughs> and um, so we didn't move back to Rockingham. Um, engineers just don't get jobs in Rockingham. <laughs> but <laughs> we, uh, we tried once and got our rumps kicked. I, I, won't, I, I may talk about that in a second, but... Um, I always had an eerie longing to go back home. And I've realized in the last number of years that that longing is really not that. As much as I love my family, I love my roots, I could go live there and I would still have this eerie longing. I would have, because the longing is for Jesus. It's for the Lord himself. And... The thing about that is this. We need to recognize. And that's, we need to recognize when this longing that we're having, when we're trying to put it in something else. We need to recognize that. Because it'll happen over and over. I'm going to tell you, you can have children and raise them and you just love them and all that, but they can't feel this. My grandkids can't feel this. This church, as much as I love this church, and it's all part of the kingdom, you can't feel it. And I'll be honest with you, the word, just to read the word, to think it's going to do something for you won't work either. It's when you're seeking Jesus in this word. is when it satisfies you. And so that's really a point I wanted to make today. When we're feeling this eerie longing, let it go into Jesus. Don't let, don't, we need to not let other things try to satisfy that because it never will. It never really will. And um, and I just want to say this, that the Lord, you know, he's already put devotion in us. Because the day we got saved... 
We were placed in Christ. Okay? We were placed in him. And because we're in him, the day we said, I believe, and we put our trust completely on the, the, what happened on, at the cross, that all of our sin was forgiven, all of our debts canceled, all of our failures, all of our faults done with. We were reunited with our heavenly daddy. When that happened, we were placed in Christ. We were given the Holy Spirit. And then for, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I love this. I want you to put this up. I love this verse. It's so good. Just, just go on to Galatians 3, 5. It says this. I love this. It says, let me ask you again, okay, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power, I'm talking about, this is talking about the gospel, okay, and, and in, we're in Christ, have to do with you keeping religious law. The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation of faith not by keeping the law. Amen. Okay? So here we got it. The lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in our life is the answer to lavish devotion because we were placed in Christ. Okay? And we've been given the Holy Spirit to live a devoted life to Christ. And we simply yield Yield to what already is. It's already there. We just have to let it happen. There's a song that we sing uh, back, United Pursuit, did it said, and it, I've been hearing it said, uh, you're full, well, I don't know if it's, it's just, you're full of life now. You're full of passion. It's how he made you. Just let it happen. And it's true. We were made for this. We were made to be in love with Jesus and to let it happen and let this be the focus and attention of our lives. And I will tell you this, people who love the Lord and are allowing the supply of the Spirit, the lavish supply of the Spirit, work this in our lives, they'll do more for Jesus than you'll ever see anybody living by religious laws. What waste. Such a waste. You could have spent this. You could have done this with it. You could have done that with it. You know, it's, it's, that's religion. And I believe that we, we've been really called to a real simple thing. is to love him. And I was thinking about that song, to love, love, love him. is to, to, uh, to, to know him, and I do. To know, know, know him is to love him, and I do. Um... But I want to quickly, there's, a, there's this. I feel like the other thing I've talked about in some of our videos, and I'm glad I actually get to give y'all some extended things, um, is one of the things that I think the enemy goes after in relationships in general is he wants to break connection. And I feel like... Um, that's one thing we, we have to be on guard with with our relationship with the Lord is allowing other things to break that connection. And I talked to you about this scripture, Revelation 3.20. 
It says, um, Behold, I am standing at the door knocking. And if your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and ye will feast with me, with me. Well, the Aramaic there says, I have been standing at the door knocking. So I feel like the Lord is always knocking. People have always used this for evangelism, but he was talking to a church. He wasn't talking to anybody out there in the world. He was talking to the church. And so he's always standing at the door knocking. And I love this. This was a note uh, in the Passion Translation. It says this, that Jesus standing at the door knocking points us to the process of an ancient, ancient Jewish invitation. And in the days of Jesus, a bridegroom and his father would come to the door of the bride to be carrying the betrothal cup of wine and the bride price standing outside and they would knock. If she fully opened the doors of her heart, it says this. It means, yes, I will be your bride. Isn't that something? And so I go back to the foolish brides. Okay, you think about this. The foolish brides and the wise, I mean the virgins, and the foolish and the wise ones. That's really why I kind of go back and think this might have to do a lot with relationship. You know, what about when Jesus said to those folks, I, you healed, you, I prophesied in your name, I did this, I did that, but go away from me, I never knew you? Wow. I mean, this is why I'm saying I feel like God's calling us. And, you know, a lot of times going through difficult things gets us back on our knees and gets us back with our eyes focused where they need to be. I believe this is the focus, guys. I think it's for our benefit. Because really only the Lord himself can ever satisfy us anyway. Other things really can't. But um, So I feel like keeping our hearts open really connected to the Lord. I've, I've shared with y'all before, when I went through a broken shoulder, um, I couldn't do anything for several months. So Byron had to do everything. He had to drive me around. He had to just... And it was ended up being so much the Lord because over the years, Byron and I, through ministry and me running this way, him running that way, we had somewhat gotten disconnected. And I tell you, it was scary I, I felt like at that point the enemy could have gotten in on our marriage because we had gotten not as connected as we needed to be. How much more with the Lord? How much more? So when, we, when I broke my shoulder, the Lord used that. It was one of the great things that came out of that was Byron and our hearts got reconnected. We spent time together again. I needed him. I needed him. The Lord wants us to need him. He wants us to run to him. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to, to bring back. This was from a while back. One thing that will keep us going with the Lord in our connection is always giving him our yes again. Uh, we go through, we've been through a lot. I would say everybody in this room has been through a lot. Everybody, you're going through things. We're going through it. Um, but we need to offer him our yes over and over again. Um, it's really how we keep going deeper with the Lord. I know after 2012, when we went through such horrendous times here, 
uh, of burying people, so many people. We lost so many young people. Our roof collapsed. It was really hard. Our faith, it was like, where are you, God? I mean, you just, you just didn't understand. But I'll tell you, when we got to the other side and we kept persevering and digging in with the Lord, I felt like all of us, our roots with the Lord went deeper. And that's why I say, as far as our hearts and staying connected, we need to keep saying, yes, yes, I'm going. I'm not going to turn back. I will not turn back. People are turning back. People are questioning their faith. They're questioning the resurrection. They're questioning the virgin birth. They're questioning whether, you know, a nation found on the principles of the Bible. They're questioning it. There's questions. We have to keep saying yes. We will not turn back. We believe. I believe. I believe. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross. I believe He went into the grave. I believe He was resurrected. And I believe it. I'll stand on it. I will not turn back. All my hope, all my faith is there. My hope is on this man, Jesus. And I want to go deeper with him. I'll keep giving him my yes, 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 over and over. The church at Pergam is Pergamon. This was one thing the Lord said. He said to them, I know where you live. It's where Satan is enthroned. We think we're in a bad state. Whew. I know where you, but you have clung faithfully to my name. You have stood strong in your faith. Even when Antipas was martyred, he was the apostolic overseer, was martyred. But this he had against them, the teachings of Balak. They enticed, this, this is, listen up, enticed Israel to commit idolatry and sexual immorality. Listen. The church has embraced sexual immorality. The church has embraced some things we shouldn't be embracing. Um, We've embraced it through things we let our eyes see. We really do. When we let our eyes see things that are immoral, I'm going to say it. When we let our eyes see immoral things, we need to question it. Our eye gate, our ear gate is important. Um, And then they held the doctrines... Of the Nicolaitans, which were rituals and performance. Our life in the Lord is not about that. It's really not. But when I, I preached on this senior yes again at a women's retreat a number of years ago, and this is something I actually felt this morning for us. I had an angel that was all, after all these trials we'd gone through, handed me a white stone. And I really didn't know what it meant, but they handed me the stone and I took it. And it was just in the midst of so much heartache. I mean, we'd gotten through a lot. But I read in the, this Pergamos that for those who are victorious, that I will hand you a white stone and there's a name on it that only the one who named it knows. And so I feel like the Lord wants us to know there's such reward in going after him and really going after him in our relationship And um, in that time, I had a dream, um, and I saw this person named Catherine Scott. And she she was a vineyard um, musician. 
I had not seen her in years, and I, I just, she had this song that says, We Still Believe. And in that song, and I looked it up during that time, it was during all of this. Listen to this. We still believe. We still believe. Uh, we're still surrendering our hearts. Your faithfulness is our reward. We still believe. And it says, and though the journey has been hard, we will confess your goodness, God. And through the fire, through the pain, we offer you our yes again. Isn't that good? It's really good. So that's really what I had to give y'all today. And I've really been feeling like it. And um, there's just a song I want to play, I Will Follow You. I just think that one, if y'all could play it back there. If we could just listen to it a minute, it's secular. But I just feel like it's just, and we can stand up. <clears throat> the Lord's standing at the door of our hearts all the time, wanting to keep these hearts open to Him, to us really not neglecting Him, because it's really what matters to Him. And, you know, I just today really want us just to hear this for a minute. It's, it's short. You can go ahead and play it. And let's just pray for a minute. And let the Lord sink it in. Isn't that awesome? So good. I kind of feel like it said it, like the way I feel it. So, um, so let's just take a minute and just, I just really just wanted us today, because really, really just coming into a commit, more of a commitment to the Lord, to Jesus today. So, Lord, we just right now just want to commit ourselves afresh to you. Lord, we just ask you to forgive us when we've neglected you. Lord, when we've even put things about you, above you, Lord. And we're just asking you, Lord, today to just, Lord, we want to be baptized fresh in the Holy Spirit that lavish supply of your spirit, Lord, that really gives us that lavish devotion to you. Lord, we can't do this on our own. And we're just asking you, Lord, to help us stay focused. Lord, to set our eyes on you, our attention on you. And Lord, that all the other stuff, Lord, all the voices of the world, all the voices of things that would distract, Lord, Even all the good things, Lord, that you would just help us, Lord. We're just asking for help today. Lord, we really want to be those that are devoted to you, Lord. Lord, we want to see others devoted to you, Lord. We want to see others devoted. We want to see others devoted, Lord. We want to see them come in, Lord, so that their hearts can be satisfied the way our hearts are, Lord. Lord, just come, Holy Spirit. Just do what you can do, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Just come, Holy Spirit. Just overshadow us, Lord, just like you did Mary. Overshadow us right now, Lord. Oh, Lord, get, make us Marys that want to sit at your feet, Lord. We just want to sit at the feet and look at you and hear you, Lord. Lord, and lavish ourselves back upon you, Lord, because of who you are. 
Yes, thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to say this, um, and this isn't political at all, but I want to say that I know who Donald Trump is. I know who his wife is and who his kids are. I know where he stands politically. I was actually even in his presence one time in the um, Bojangles Coliseum at a rally. But I don't know Donald Trump. I just know of him. And the fact is, is he doesn't know me. So do you know Jesus? Or do you just know of Jesus? Do you know Jesus or do you just know of his teachings? And more importantly, does he know you? I mean, he knows you because he formed you in your mother's womb. He put you together in the secret place. But do you have an intimate relationship with him where when you stand before him, you'll say, I have no doubt that my name is written in blood in this Lamb's book of life. So I just want to pray with you. Everything Becky said comes to this foundation. Do you know him? So let me pray that. And you just pray with me if you don't. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. And Jesus, thank you for your obedience of leaving the throne to come to this earth and suffer. Mm. And I know that you are 100% God and 100% man, my kinsman redeemer, and that you died to forgive me of sins that I had no other way of being forgiven for. And so I ask you to be my Lord, my God, my Savior. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ministry team, if you want to come up, and anyone who wants to be prayed for, come up and they will pray for you. God bless you. And if you haven't been to the polls on Tuesday yet, please go to the polls. Amen.